Meant to be seen, a phonic fiction fest entry. A dragon had raised the village on the outskirts of her city, and they desperately needed healers. Silk could only lend Ariadne so much power, but every little bit helped. She knew that she was making a difference, knew her goddess was making a difference, and yet... And yet it was so easy to wish for more in her life. Ariadne had always been alone, orphaned and forgotten. The priestesses of Silk took her in, but they weren't her family, weren't her friends. They were her keeper, her captor, her savior, who only existed to keep her caged. My, my little flower, you're a long way from home, aren't you? I live in the city, not far from here at all. It was only after she spoke that Ariadne realized there was no one else around. The sun had long since set, and she was simply meant to do one last perimeter sweep before heading to her allotted tent for the night. A drunk or someone riding the adrenaline of fear and despair was something she expected, but the empty air calling to her. Who said the air was empty? She whipped around, searching for who or what could have spoken to her. On the wind, she thought she heard the soft click of Spellerman's chips, though she highly doubted anyone in the town would be up for gambling after a night like this. Phantom voices, phantom noises, phantom hands on her shoulders. There's a temple in the woods, you know. The voice soothed as it turned her body with surprising force. Much more comfortable than a dingy little tent. Why don't you come with me? She hadn't intended to, and yet her feet carried her on their own. Every time she tried to turn her head, Ariadne would feel the touch of something, steering it straight ahead. There was a light in the distance, probably coming from the temple it had told her about. Every movement of her head sent her pointing straight back at the light. Keep your eyes on the light for me, Petal. You trust me, right? I just met you, and you forced me away from my work. What right do you have to ask me to trust you? You followed me, didn't you? You could have chosen to ignore the call, sweetheart, but you're here instead. Had she followed, or had something else followed for her? It was hard for her to say. All she knew was that she kept walking, kept following the light, letting this... person? It sounded and it felt like a man, and yet it melted into the shadows with such ease that she couldn't help but question it. She shouldn't have followed it. She knew that. But what else was she to do? It wasn't her choice to make. The further into the woods she walked, the more Ariadne was certain of that. The being hadn't been lying to her, though. There was a temple in the woods, old and crumbling on the outside, but remarkably homey once she stepped through the door. The light that had been calling her here filled the space, and yet she found she still couldn't turn around to face her... her captor? Her companion? Her friend? It's best 
if you keep those eyes elsewhere, darling. Some things aren't meant to be seen. The tension in her neck and feeling of hands on her face told her that she couldn't turn even if she wanted to. But the hands felt human, warm and rough and oddly easy to relax into. Fine, I won't turn around, but at least give me something to call you. You... Names are a two-way street, sweetheart. I should hardly have to give mine up when I don't know yours. Ariadne. She had been dealing with the priestesses long enough that she knew how to leverage herself to get what she wanted. That's my name. So what's yours? Or should I just refer to you as my captor? You can leave whenever you want, Ariadne. I'm no captor of yours, not like those women at the temple. Before she could ask its name again, or demand an explanation as to how it knew she lived in the temple, it spoke again. You can call me Castor. It's as close to a name as I have. Castor. The name felt slightly odd against her tongue, and yet slightly right in the same vein. Well, Castor, is there a reason you brought me out here? Fancy a game of Spellermans? If you know I'm from the temple, then you know that my goddess doesn't allow gambling. Your goddess sounds like a bit of a buzzkill. She wanted to argue, but there was part of her that couldn't help but feel like it had been right. Silk wasn't a goddess that she chose to worship. And yet, here she was, following the rules laid out for her by a goddess she didn't even care for. Ice filled her veins at the thought. She had never even dreamed of thinking something so disrespectful, so outlandish, so... So not her own. I should leave. But... You're not my captor, right? So I can leave. You are welcome here whenever you'd like, Ariadne. Whenever. Good night, Castor. She marched out of the temple back into the darkness. The urge to turn around, to see if it was watching her leave, screamed in her mind. But the desire to put the entire incident out of her mind screamed louder. So she gave into that temptation and swore off seeing that damned temple ever again. And yet, she couldn't stop thinking about it. Thinking about the way that the light shone from its door, or the feel of foreign hands on her skin, or the rumble of a voice coming from nowhere. Silk's teachings warned of monsters, and Ariadne had seen her fair share. So why was she so enticed by this monster? The thing you have to fear most is the thing you can't see. Silk can protect us from many of the things we know, but even she's not powerful enough to protect us from the things that we don't. That's what High Priestess Imelda always said. This thing, Castor, as it told her to call it, was, in that way, more powerful than Silk. And what a thought that was. Her goddess gave her strength, this is true, but was there something out there that could give her more? 
Give her power beyond the meager offerings that came with being part of the temple. You shouldn't go messing around with things like power. The gods hold it for a reason, Adney. You don't need to be holding that in your hands. Imelda wasn't the one who heard the call, though. She hadn't felt the touch of something familiar and yet foreign, hadn't felt something control her steps and call her to it, beckon her and not accept refusal. It wasn't shocking to find herself outside the temple again, but for the life of her she wasn't sure how this happened. The light from inside the temple was fainter this time, the building looking somewhat more decrepit, and yet she still entered to that homey feeling once more. She started to look around for Castor, only to feel those hands cupping the top of her neck once more. What did we say about looking, Petal? Some things aren't meant to be seen. She could still hear the words so clearly in her mind, could feel them pulling at something as if desperately trying to break free. You'll forgive me for trying to look around before talking to the empty air. Well, the air isn't empty, now is it? Castor's hands felt different this time. Still human, but rougher, almost like they had been scarred since they last saw each other a few weeks prior. What had happened to it? Had it tried to entice another girl into its home? You wound me, Petal. I'm not a serial kidnapper. That honor is reserved solely for me. Back for a game of Spellermans? She could hear something moving, but the footsteps fell a touch heavier than she expected. Or did something else call you here? Last we spoke, you weren't a gambler. Last we spoke, your hands didn't feel like you ran them through glass. It's nothing for you to worry about, darling. Come, sit. Play a game with me. We're forbidden to gamble. Couldn't gamble, couldn't look, couldn't question. Perhaps this was a mistake. Ariadne. Goodbye, Gaster. When she returned from the woods this time, High Priestess Imelda was waiting for her. Where have you been? I was walking in the woods. Not an entire lie. I needed to clear my head a bit. It's gotten to be a bit much in here lately. She thought that this would be enough to appease Imelda, but it wasn't. The old woman grabbed her wrist, holding it tightly before dropping it as if it had burnt her. Whatever you're doing, child, you should stop now. This is not the path the goddess wants you to walk. You're such a bright star, Adney. Don't let the darkness dim it. Before Ariadne could question it, Imelda was off, muttering prayers to the goddess as she went. There was a small mirror by her bedside when she turned in for the night, small enough to hide up her sleeve if she wanted to. If she needed to. Whether or not she would need to was something she tried very hard not to think about. It was easy to tell herself that she was going to stop, that she had no interest in going back to see the temple and to hear Castor. Imelda's reaction had startled her, almost enough to make her give up on this entirely. Almost. 
You're back. Castor's hands graced her neck once more as it made sure that she wasn't looking where it was. The fingers felt too long and the skin too rough, like stone against her skin. And yet there was warmth to its hands and to its words as it spoke. I didn't expect you to return. I didn't expect to return. They both knew she was lying. What did she do to you? Castor pulled its hands away, heavy steps heard as it rooted through a room that Ariadne had never dared try to see. What are you talking about? Those goddess types are always... It hardly matters. Spellermans? There was a casualness to its words, a casualness that Castor held every time they had spoken. And yet, Amelda had done something to her, something that unsettled it, something that caused the slightest hint of fear to edge its way into its voice. Imelda was worried she would be hurt, knowing that that could hurt Castor. You could have at least lied to me, you know? Ariadne... It hardly matters, as if that could possibly slake any of my curiosity. Some things are meant to be seen, but I'm supposed to trust you. You keep coming back. And you keep making me. The hands on her neck tightened, fingers more like gravel digging into her skin as she gasped for breath, trying to cast an aura of protection around herself. If the goddess could hear, she ignored Ariadne's call. But she didn't think that the goddess could hear. Now, Petal, are we calm again? The fingers shifted against her skin, cutting into the flesh as the rock-like appendages grew and squeezed until she nodded. Almost instantly, they returned to that human-like feel they had originally taken with her. Good. I'm so sorry, darling. But accusing me of forcing you here, now that hardly seems fair. What are you? Something that is meant to be unseen. Oh, but you wanted a lie, didn't you? A pretty little lie so you could pretend that the reason you're here is truly beyond your control. That I'm a god, a monster, a cursed being forcing you into my home to kill you. Is that what you want, Ariadne? Is that what you need? I... The words locked in her throat as hands shifted again, sharp as glass, smooth as silk. Why am I here? You're the one who came here, sweetheart. I can't tell you your own motivations. What called me here, if not you? Tears were beginning to well up in Ariadne's eyes. She should have just stayed home, stayed in the temple where she was safe, bored and lonely and disbelieving but safe. She could almost hear Castor's grin as it spoke. Now that, Petal, is a much better question. I suppose you're right. I did call you here. I wanted to see what it would taste like, 
turning those small doubts into large doubts, into fear, into devotion. But whatever she did rattled you. And that isn't quite playing fair, is it? Ariadne slipped the mirror down her sleeve to her palm, angling it to see Castor. It was, indeed, grinning. Sharp teeth like needles stretched into the facsimile of a smile as it watched and held her neck in place. Its body was long, serpent-like, and black as the night sky, and yet clearly made out of rocks and gravel and dirt. Feet like that of a bird, large and awkward on its body, almost too small to support the weight. The hands that held her neck looked wrong compared to the rest of the body too human against the rocky surface of the rest of Castor. Its eyes are what scared her the most, though. Large and bright, and yet for the life of her, she couldn't remember what they looked like even as she stared into them. All she knew was that it caught her eye in the mirror, head shaking. Now, Ariadne, what did we say about looking? 